0: We say good morning to Scott Reed, CDV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Good to have you, sir. Good morning, John. I'm trying to remember. I was going through Twitter briefly this morning while waiting for my articles to print, and I saw you and your sons up to something that seemed to be, you know, enjoyable.
1: Uh, Well, we went to the Argos game on Saturday. Well, that wasn't enjoyable, no. A peculiar way of characterizing it. Um, We... Um, became incredibly cold as we sat in the windy uh, upper deck. And then uh, we watched Chad Kelly have <clears throat> what appeared to be uh, some sort of uh, central nervous system collapse uh, while he tried to throw the ball um, and just kept targeting the other team. I don't know what was going on. I think someone put something in his drink. It was just out of control. But anyway, the Argos collapsed. It was gr- just gruesome. Yeah.
0: Well, I was saying just off the top of the show, I don't normally follow football. It's just not my thing. But I turned it on because I love pinball, and I wanted to see the Argonauts do well, and that was
1: disastrous. I mean, that was just, yeah. wow, there are a few words. Yeah, it, it was it, it it was perplexing. Like <clears throat> I'm assuming that somebody will write an in-depth article on it um, because uh, um, off day doesn't explain uh, what happened to Chad Kelly. It was like uh, it was like having can wait. Suddenly he woke up and somebody else was in his body, and that person did not know how to play football. Okay, so
0: um, Ontario apparently is setting. They won't say the word, but they're setting quotas to find 6,000 fare jumpers on Metrolink's, you know, whatever carriages uh, every single month. Do you see anything wrong with that?
1: Pretty sure the word isn't carriages, but I appreciate that you said carriages because it just sounds so Cinderella going to the ball (laughs) that I'm now completely distracted (laughs) about our topic. Okay. Um, I am... um, I'm i'm for it i think am i like i you know people get all uh wound because like oh they've got quotas but i don't know is quota bad like you know it doesn't that just mean we're incentivizing them to actually crack down on it maybe it doesn't need to be permanent maybe they just need to do this to create a culture change they do it for six months and then they realize yep actually you know nailing people is part of our job but it does feel like it's probably fairly widespread the uh fair evasion and uh it seems to me that it's just sensible to try to crack down on it what i what i wonder is how do we reconcile that with depressed ridership and uh you know i mean i guess part of it is you know they're trying to actually harvest as much financial benefit as possible but you know on the one hand we're creating a less welcoming environment at least for those who choose to break the law but you know we also need more people on the um on, on transit. So it is it is a a. I pity I, I the people who are in charge of the TTC and GO Transit and major transit anywhere right now. It just seems like it is a deplorable, difficult task.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I know some people are saying, well, if you set quotas, then, you know, what's that going to lead to? Well, it's going to lead to actually busting people who haven't paid their fare. And I don't really have a lot of sympathy for that.
1: I never understood this thing. You used to hear this, too, that they'd say, well, like, you know, the cops or the parking cops, uh, you know, are are sending quotas. Now, I I hate parking tickets and, uh, you know, but I never understood, like, why would we get wound up with that quotas? Like, so so it just means they're being motivated to, to do their job. Yeah, I know they should be doing it anyway, but... If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I'm not particularly bothered by quotas, I don't think.
0: I appreciate that this is the Fraser Institute, which I don't often give much credit to, but I do find this column very, very interesting today about how effectively Doug Ford and his government are spending more than Kathleen Wynne and her government, which doesn't come as a surprise at all. It's one of my principal criticisms of them.
1: Well, it's not a criticism of mine um, because I don't think there's a lot of rationality to uh fiscal restraint in our current circumstances post pandemic i don't think it makes a ton of sense you want to control your spending because you don't want to contribute to inflationary pressures but really the size of government in that sense the size of these deficits are not that um they're not really that inflationary. I do like that my friend Kathleen Wynne is getting a shout out. You know, at the time she ran per ca- on a per capita basis, um, you know, the, uh, the f- fiscally most disciplined government in the country and no one believed it and no one gave her credit for it. And I just think if you look back on her record over and over and over again, the story is people did, did not give her credit for the many good things that she did and i'm hoping that over time there's some revision and and rethink of that but you know when it comes to this government um i think they're responding to the pressures that are there my biggest complaint about them is not that is not their fiscal rectitude it's that they pretend that they're fiscally responsible or they pretend they're fiscal hawks and then act otherwise so i don't like that mismatch and i don't like the way they leave money sitting in the fiscal uh track sometimes rather than spend it but um I don't. I, I think they're striking a better balance. I think, uh, you know, cutting the deficit for the sake of cutting the deficit doesn't make sense in our current economic ci- circumstances.
0: Really interesting analysis, quite a lengthy analysis in the Toronto Star this weekend, but finding effectively, if you break it down by neighborhood, that it seems that more people are busted for pot offenses in racialized neighborhoods than in non-racialized neighborhoods. Perhaps not surprising.
1: Uh, probably not surprising. Uh, n- definitely not surprising. Uh, that's because, you know, you're going to get a heightened uh, police presence. You're going to get cops that are uh, more likely to intervene in those neighborhoods, I suspect. None of that is a good thing. Um, but, you know, I r- can recognize why it's happening. Uh, there may be a higher concentration as well of violations. So, you know, let's let's not be Pollyannish about that also. Um, and so you know, you're going to have a variety of factors. The only other thing I would say is let's also, you know, let's let's get more than one data point. Let's get more than one study. Let's get more than one collection of data. But, you know, I, I'm not surprised by that. I think that the Toronto Police Service, to be honest, is under a lot of pressure to make certain that it is at least more equitable equitable in the way that it approaches enforcement and policing so it's a conscious thing it's been a conscious thing since before and after carding um and hopefully that continues to be a conscious thing but i'm not surprised
0: a lot of people raising questions about what the future of a downtown looks like because workers are not coming back. I realize this is a conversation we visited numerous times, but, you know, a new feature today floats the idea that we have to completely reformulate what the downtown of a city is because it ain't going to ever come back.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know that it'll never come back. Uh, I think it's going to come back more grabs than people hoped. I think it's going to come back different. And my guess is it's going to be a different answer in different places. Like, I think that what they do in Cincinnati won't be the same as in Detroit and won't be the same as in Toronto. It'll be a mix match. There'll be some good practices. There'll be some smart things you should do. Um, But, you know, certainly one of the things you want to do is to remove barriers to coming downtown. Right now, when I think about going downtown, I think pain in the Ass. That's what I think. I think it's going to be a hassle getting down there. I certainly can't drive because I can't park and I can't move around. I think, you know, then I got to go on the TTC. Well, that feels like it's a, a game of, uh, you know, heads or tails these days. And, you know, then, you know, it's just the environment is unpleasant just a bunch of people wandering around with their heads down and things are cold and muttering and so i think you got to figure out how to open up downtowns how to f- strike a better balance and there's going to be a whole variety of techniques applied but it, it isn't you can't depend on the crush of workers flooding into the downtown to sustain your downtown i, I don't know at least for 10 years that that's going to continue to be true
0: Isn't it fascinating, though, to reflect on how it, you know, in in modern history, it made perfect sense that you would locate a business in the downtown, that everybody would come to the office every single day, that there would be an office culture, that you'd all go to the food court or a restaurant or eat at your desk at lunchtime. And now, you know, I, I know quite a few people with small businesses who simply don't even operate an office anymore.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean that that should, we let our lease. I, I let my lease lapse during uh, the pandemic, and I haven't renewed it. I'm <clears throat> I may change that uh, in the course of the next uh, few months. I'm starting to feel a little pressure on that front. But you know, look, businesses go where people are, and so people were downtown because work brought them in. Now there's fewer of them. So where do I go? I guess I go on to the platforms where they are, which are largely digital. It's a complete transformation, plus the pandemic. It's just one of the many ways that the pandemic has shuffled the cards uh, and the great big deck of life that we're all in. And I think we're going to be finding and thinking about the it's, uh, its after effects for decades. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Cheers.
0: Scott Reed on the Morning Brief